You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. It's at that time of the evening where Medical Files uh, comes on. And Alhamdulillah, this evening on Medical Files, we have your favorite. He's a, definitely your favorite. A uh, Alhamdulillah, a regular on our, our, our platform. And also someone that had made an indelible impression on Islamic radio when it came to medical files. He's a pioneer of it and very close to me, someone that I admire, someone that I embrace, that I celebrate for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's our very own uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, who is a specialist family physician. And uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening, uh, doctor? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you and to your listeners. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has been very kind to all of us. In Durban, we've, been, we've had some gentle rain for the last few days, and everything is going to start growing now. Uh, unfortunately, the sea is not very healthy at the moment, and, uh, you know, people coming, uh, coming to Durban should not go into the water. You may find people swimming, and these are people who are, who are either unaware or, or they're not uh, adhering to the regulations. You cannot go into the water because the E. coli, e. coli levels are very high and uh, you can get an infection and can get quite severe diarrhea and vomiting and end up with dehydration. Uh, the other thing is some people say that they can walk on the, on the shore and just dip their legs, but even that is a hazard because if you have a cut or if you have athlete's feet on, in between your toes and you, uh, you, you go into that water with the, with the E. coli inside, the chances are the, the risk is there that you may develop a cellulitis. You may develop an infection of your foot, uh, which uh, which will put you down for quite a few days uh, with antibiotics. So it's best not to touch the water for the time being until they clear up uh, the mess that's taking place here in KZN. Uh, and uh, once that's done, then the beaches should be okay again. And inshallah, by December, we should have uh, good beaches again. Well, uh, Doc, uh, you t- uh, say it very eloquently, the blue state, uh, yeah, you know, they have the different flags. The blue flag is out, out, out for good thus far. And E. coli, you know, you talk about it. And we cannot lie that even uh, international players that have come here have succumbed uh, to the E. coli, uh, you know, getting into the water system, into our filtration uh, system with the sewage all getting mixed up. What is the safest way of uh, us drinking our water besides boiling it, uh, Doctor? Well, we are the brown flag levels, Shabbat, if I can use that word. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, boiling, boiling the water is sufficient. If you just boil the water, uh, and uh, the drinking water in Durban is pretty safe. It's very safe. But in certain sections uh, of Durban, uh, it, it may be a problem. So it's always better uh, to boil the water before you, before you drink it. So... Uh, always, you know, I, I advise patients to, uh, you know, just boil the water in the kettle and keep it in a in a container uh, and let it cool down. And from there, you can decanter and use it uh, for your drinking water. And uh, uh, in that way, you keep re- replenishing the boiled water and uh, you should be OK. You should be quite safe. Alhamdulillah. And, you know, doctor, people are buying uh, these uh, uh, water that are bottled and, you know, a recent uh, uh, you know, investigations have uh, proven 
that uh, some of these bottled waters, they have uh, their label, they have, uh, you know, all these things, the SABS signs and all those, but uh, uh, unscrupulous characters are getting these waters from the fire hydrant and uh, some from streams and so forth. Uh, what will be the safest way out, uh, Doctor? Yeah, that's become a very big problem because it's an unregulated market. Nobody is checking on it and uh, nobody is making sure that uh, the hygiene is right. And uh, just uh, just to for us to understand, uh, it it takes about it takes about five or six liters of water to make one liter of water, uh, and that's you know the five or six liters of water are wasted just to make one liter of water, and this uh, wastage of water uh, is uh, happens when the bottles are washed, uh, when the when the when the uh, uh, the machinery that that fills the water is washed. Uh, when the when, when the tanks are are flushed out, when the pipes are flushed out, there's a lot of wastage of water that takes place uh, you know, while while this water is being filled. So you know, although we say okay, uh, you know, the bottled water is fine, you can drink the bottled water, it's safe. But you know, to get to that, you are we are wasting so much of Allah Taala's namat that's given to us. So I don't buy uh, water unless I really have to, and I'm going somewhere. And in a car, or I need some water. Uh, otherwise, I don't buy. I don't buy drinking water uh, from the shops uh, for our drinking, our normal drinking uh, water. Uh, I'd rather just boil the water and drink it. It's far safer, far far easier. I know what's going in there. I don't know about any other chemicals that may be going in there, and whatever else that 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 is in the factory that may be going into those bottles. So it's as I said, it's an unregulated market, and a lot of people have climbed on the bandwagon and are producing water under various names, and you really don't know where you are. Even the, the authentic names uh, of, uh, of water uh, you know, that you can rely on, uh, those are also uh, have got fake labels on them, and uh, you, can, you just cannot trust it anymore. You know, Doctor, you bring up a very important point indeed. And talking about waters, I mean, generally when you buy these uh, bottled waters, they come in plastic. And then uh, there's another scenario. They say drinking water out of plastic is not healthy for you. Uh, whilst you're driving in your car, uh, plasticated, uh, you know, water or, bo- or water in a plastic uh, container can uh, give you, you know, side effects and so forth. What is your take? I mean, bottled water, you know, uh, you know even having uh, water in your fridge, best kept in a bottle. What's your thoughts on that, uh, Doctor? Yes, glass bottles are always the best. And yes, there is a problem with plastic bottles. Uh, if it's kept cool uh, and uh, kept not for so long, not for too long, maybe a month, it should be okay. But if it's kept in the sun or if the bottle gets hot, like in a car, some of the plastic leaches into the water. And, 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 and of course, you won't see it, you won't notice it, and you'll be drinking the water with part of the plastic in it. So it's a, it's a real problem that, um, therefore you should never leave water bottles in a car or you should never drink water bottles that have been left in a car. Uh, always, if you want if you want to take water bottles, uh, you'd rather get your own um, boiled water, put it into a glass container and take it with you in the car. That is the best. That is the best wholesome water that you that we can get. Uh, but if you really have to buy the water, uh, make sure you 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 buy the water that's in the, in the freezer cold, in the, or in the fridge, cold uh, water, uh, and then try and keep it cool in the car uh, as you're traveling.
Uh, looking at a message on the screen here, yeah? Mehrun Bain says, Assalamu alaikum, Dr. and Shafa'at. Uh, I must tell you, Dr. Farooq Kafaji has always been my favorite. Doctor, I'm now afraid of drinking water from the tap. But uh, for instance, if I have water taken in a tumbler and I put it into the light, how will I identify E. coli? I think that's a good question, Doctor. Uh, no, I must say first of all that the water is quite safe. Uh, you, there's no problem with the the, the water. Just for, as extra precautions, uh, we need to boil it, and and just for our own reassurance, sometimes there are broken pipes uh, all over because the infrastructure is getting old. So when they when they break a pipe, uh, you know some of the surrounding whatever is there in that hole will get into the pipes, and you really don't know uh, whether you're going to get that lot or not uh, if you open the tap. And you may be just drinking that water that's coming from that broken pipe. So for that reason, because because there's so much of repairs that are being done on on infrastructure, it is it is safer to 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 boil the water. So yes, uh, you know we have chlorinated water in our uh, in our in our taps, and that's quite safe uh, to drink. The chlorine evaporates very quickly. Sometimes you you notice that. Uh, the water is white when it comes out of the tap, uh, and that's actually the chlorine that hasn't hasn't really dissolved yet. They may, they may have just put it into the reservoir uh, and churning it, and some of that uh, churned water has come into the into the pipes and into your into your home. Uh, so it's no problem if you just allow that water to stand for a while, for a minute or so. Uh, you'll find that uh, the that chlorine will evaporate, and uh, it'll be quite safe for you to drink. As far as seeing E. coli is concerned, E. coli is a bacteria. Bacteria cannot be seen by the naked eye. You need a microscope to see them. Uh, and uh, yes, you need a microscope to see them. So you will not see them with the naked eye. So if you, if you, even if you lift the glass up against uh, the light, uh, you will see nothing. There may be millions of E. coli there, you'll see nothing because they are not visible to the naked eye. Well, I look at a message from Kasim and he says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Shafaat and Dr. Hafiji. I know I grew up in an era where there were corrugated pipes bringing uh, water to our doors. Uh, I drank it for over 45 years. But uh, Dr. Hafiji, no side effects. It seems like with this plasticated pipes, we're getting more effects. Could you please comment? Or maybe it's just my a figment, a figmentation of my imagination. Uh, Doc, I know too. I had a lot of corrugated pipes coming through to uh, to my place. I, I mean, I I know I must have ch- changed it 25 years ago. What's your thoughts? I mean, we grew up with those uh, those pipes bringing us water, Doc. Yes, there's no problem as long as the water is flowing. As long as the water is flowing, is no problem. But if the if the water is standing there for quite some time, and especially if it's hot, uh, then some of the some of the iron is going to leach into the water. This happens with copper pipes as well. Uh, if you have copper pipes, and if, you, if the water is left standing in the copper pipes and, it's, and it becomes hot with the sun, and you, you have gone on a holiday for two or three months, and uh, this water has just been standing in your pipes at home, always a good idea to, to let that water, to, to wash something with that water so that you get rid of that water before you take it for drinking. So, so you should flush all that extra water out uh, you can you can do your washing. In, in, fact, in fact, that's a good idea. You just put it into the wash, uh, uh, let the washing machine run, uh, and you shouldn't be drinking that water until you have flushed all the taps out uh, in your in your building, in your in your uh, house or unit, 
uh, and then you can once the water starts flowing and you get fresh water coming in, uh, you have you should have a general idea of how much uh, water you need to flush out before you can get uh, the normal water that's running in the taps. Uh, that's that'll be quite safe. But it's always a good idea to flush them out um, when you when you return from a from an absence for, a, for you know for a while, uh, whether it's a week or two or three or four. The longer the, the longer the absence, uh, the greater the chance that you are going to get leaching of iron into the water and leaching of uh, copper from the copper pipes, and 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 of course, unfortunately, that happens with the plastic pipes too. So if the water is flowing, there's no problem. It will not get a chance uh, to to. To, to get into the water, uh, and uh, it's quite safe to drink. Zakala, for that, uh, seems like, uh, Doctor, you have tickled the listeners here. The questions are just flying through. This one says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Hafiji. I have this habit of boiling the water, and when it cools down, I add some Himalayan salt. Am I doing the right thing, uh, Doctor? Uh, I mean, I, I must admit to you, Doc, I sometimes do that too. Yeah, Himalayan salt is sodium chloride. Uh, so it is still the, like the normal salt, just that our salt in this country uh, is iodated. It's, it has iodine added to it. It'll be, it's very difficult for you, for us to buy non-iodated salt in the supermarkets or shops. Every salt in this country is iodated. And the reason for that is that uh, we have, uh, uh, we have uh, low amounts of iron in our soil all over South Africa. The only source of iron for us, uh, sorry, iodine for us is from seafoods, and not many people can afford seafoods. Uh, so what they've decided to do is they, they've decided to put the iodine in salt because everybody has salt. So in in, uh, in in having the salt, you're actually getting iodine supplements every every time you have salt, so, and and iodine is necessary for thyroid function and other parts, other functions in the body as well. But the main function is thyroid function. It, 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 is, it helps in the production of thyroid hormone. So, so, the, so, the, so the Himalayan salt does not contain iodine, but it is still sodium chloride. And, and sodium chloride uh, is, is a substance that, uh, that if you have too much of, you are going to retain water in your body. Your salt level in your body is going to go up. You're going to retain water. And if you have too much of it on a continuous basis for long periods of time, you may develop high blood pressure. That's the only problem with it. So, uh, so otherwise, if you have small amounts, uh, it's no problem. The only advantage, of course, as I said, is that it's non-iodated. There's no iodine uh, uh, in it. So that's the difference. Yes, sir, doctor. Also, you know, thinking aloud, uh, we are in a country where there is uh, high criminality. Uh, there is no service delivery. There is, uh, you know, kidnapping and so forth. This is all impacting psychologically on uh, the citizens of this country. Then you have the Ukraine or Russia story coming through. Uh, you know, definitely the whole world is psychologically impacted upon. And then you have in one household, uh, family members having differences of opinion. Some are for Ukraine, some are for Russia. Some, you know, uh, it's creating a really unhealthy situation. And this is deliberately, you know, exacerbated by the media. How do you know? How would you advise as a family physician? You know, when there's a differences of opinion between family members, what do we do then, uh, doctor? I, th I think uh, the, the, you must accept uh, that there would be differences of any of opinion. Uh, we all have our individual thoughts and our individual ways of working things out, and uh, many times 
we shape we shape our opinion according to our psychological uh, state. So uh, and then we have different people with different psychological states. Uh, so and some of the, some people have personality disorders. Some of them have uh, uh, other forms of mental um, uh, problems. Um, and uh, more and and, and uh, some people are calm, normal. Uh, so there's a, a you know that psychological uh, uh, component does impact on our thinking as well, uh, especially if we become anxious. <clears throat> so, uh, so because of that, the, because of our individuality, we need to accept the differences of of, of opinion. Very important to do that, but uh, we need to we need to use logical arguments to to uh, talk to each other, um, to debate with each other, not fight with each other, but to debate with each other and to put our, put your point forward and don't downgrade the other person, don't, don't uh, embarrass the other person, uh, <clears throat> don't mock the other person, uh, <clears throat> just accept what they believe in and you just state, state. sometimes it's, it may be that your point of view is incorrect and you may have to change. And sometimes it's the, the it's the other person's point of view that's incorrect and that needs to change. So, you know, um, we need to be flexible and we need to uh, adopt an attitude where we don't argue emotionally, we argue logically. And and in that way, we will we'll keep our family bonds together and uh, uh, we may even become impressed with each other uh, with the thoughts that we give, give to each other uh, concerning whatever issue that we are we are debating about. I tell you, doctor, so many messages here. Let's say, I'll take that one there. Yes, uh, Lukolo, let me take that message. It says, uh, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji. I feel so comfortable to confide in you. I have a wife uh, who's always sending me bad messages on the WhatsApp. I'm an innocent guy. I call her a, uh, I call her a narcissist, and she says I'm a narcissist. Doctor, how do I put this right? Because I know I'm not a narcissist. I'm a quite a uh, likable person, and I question myself every day. I pay, pray five times a day, but she's always looking for trouble, spoils my morning and spoils my evening. Please, uh, doctor, what do I do? If I block her from WhatsApp, then uh, it will be the children that will get upset. Please uh, talk to me, doctor. Doctor, how do you respond uh, to this uh, brother in distress? Well, this relationship is in trouble, uh, and uh, it needs to be sorted out. Uh, and... Uh, what needs to be done is the two of them need to go to someone who, who can listen to them individually and then together. Uh, and they need to, to tell, tell the, whoever is listening to them, maybe it could be an alim uh, or an alim who is uh, familiar with counseling um, and who, who is comfortable with counseling. Uh, you know, we are, we are different people. Uh, some of us don't like to um, uh, listen to other people's problems and and in that in that way we we uh, we create a block so that we we're not we're not helping the couple. Uh, you you need to go to uh, somebody who can who, are, who is a good listener and who will not interject unnecessarily. Let the person talk uh, and give the person a, a chance to express themselves and try and work this thing out amicably. And that's what needs to be done. It may not be one session. It may be quite a few sessions with this couple to try and get this relationship right. This is a relationship problem. Uh, there may be a personality disorder here, uh, and, and the, the personality disorder 
narcissism is a is a narcissistic person is a person who loves themselves. They love themselves, and they love how they look. They love how who they are, uh, and uh, they look down on everybody else around them. They 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 make the person who's close to them feel inadequate. They lower their self-esteem. They make them feel inadequate. They make them feel like they are useless, absolutely useless. Uh, like they'll say something like, um, you know, if I didn't marry you, nobody would have married you. You would have been still sitting on the shelf uh, waiting for somebody to come come and marry you. That's the type of thing they will say. Or, they, or they'll say, you are, you, you are useless. You, know, you, you can't do anything. Or the person may say, look, uh, I think I, you know, I, I can do this. Uh, I can... I can make samosas at home and sell and make some money for myself. You, you are useless, man. You can't do this thing. How are you going to run this business like that? You, you can't even add two and two together. You see, that kind of speech uh, is, is a narcissistic person who's, who's saying that kind of thing. So that is, uh, that's different from a jealous person. A jealous person is different. A jealous person would want to keep tabs on you all the time. All the time, they would want to keep tabs on you. Where are you going? What are you doing? Who are you with? And then five minutes later, where are you now? Uh, you know, and uh, what's the delay? Why are you, you know, why, why are you taking so long? You're supposed to be in the next place. As you told me, you're going to go there. You're not there yet. Uh, another 10, 15 minutes time, they'll phone again or they'll text again and say, where are you? And if you don't, if you don't reply to their text, they get very, very angry. Because on the other side, the jealous person becomes very anxious, very anxious about the loss of control over the person that they're jealous about. So they make the other person's life a misery, absolute misery. And that also needs to be attended to. So, so these are two, two uh, character personality, the personality problems that create major, major problems in marriages, major problems in marriages. And, and you know, the other partner makes, many times they make sabar, they go through the whole life like that, uh, in that way, demoralized, uh, made, made to feel absolutely useless, um, and they have hardly any friends because these people don't allow them to have friends, very many friends, uh, because every friend they make, they say, no, this person is no good for you. And so they isolate them. They absolutely isolate them. And 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 so, uh, you know, the, the life is a life of misery. And so you have to, they have to go for, for counseling. And in fact, if, you, if they can afford professional counseling, that's the best way to go. Uh, because a professional counselor, counselor will will try and work out where there's a problem. Is there a mental problem or not? Uh, that's the reason why the why that's an alim will be able to help uh, with with counseling of people without these personality issues. But first, you need to work out: is there a personality disorder here or not? Is there a mental problem here or not? And if there is a mental problem, it's it's very difficult for the for the for for an alim to sort the problem out. Uh, because you need to address the, the the personality disorder first, and then and then try and get try and mend the relationship. So it's 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 not a straightforward thing. So uh, and and uh, this is also uh, advice to people who may who may have gone for counselling uh, uh, to a non-professional person and have not come right with it and and are still having a problem. They really need to go to a professional counsellor like a psychologist uh, who can sit down and work out with them where the problem is, is there a mental problem or not, and then address the mental problem uh, and then try and make and try and mend the marriage in that way. I tell you, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, a really a treat this evening 
beautiful answers, uh, lovely, wholesome answers. And then, uh, you know, whilst I was listening to you and uh, thoughts came through my mind, uh, you know, you get you talk about the narcissist, you get the hedonism, and uh, then you find uh, the person uh, that's jealous. I mean, uh, you, you, you put that uh, picture so clearly. What about the, the, the one uh, that is a pathological liar will actually make up stories around an, in, in, uh, an innocent individual, maybe, uh, you know, against the spouses and so forth, but lies uh, believing that, you know what, I want to get this person, I want to bring them down, way down. Talk to us about that syndrome, Doc. Uh, yes, uh, that's another uh, that's also a mental mental problem. It's a, and um, you know that's that's very difficult because it's a cry wolf situation. You know, um, when when the, when you hear so much of lies around you, you won't know when the truth is being told. Uh, so you you get it's thoroughly confusing. You really don't know what is a lie and what is the truth after a while. Very difficult to live with a person like that uh, because you really don't know where you are. Uh, and you really don't know whether the person cares for you or doesn't care for you. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and all around you, you know, it'll be, it becomes very embarrassing uh, when people, uh, also your acquaintances, your friends, and, and even re- your relatives realize that uh, your spouse is a person uh, who lies very frequently. Uh, it's not a very good uh, uh, trait to have. And they need, they also need uh, to visit somebody, visit a counselor, to find out why do they do this. There must be a reason why they do that. It may have something to do with their upbringing as a child. Uh, and it may be a trait that one of their parents had, uh, and they, they, they picked it up from their parents and found that their parents did this and didn't get into trouble. So they try it first to see whether they will get into trouble. And when they get away with it, they try it more and more until, until it becomes a habit. Uh, and uh, it's like a, it's, it's a bad habit to break, uh, but it can be broken. It can, you know, you can you can get it right. And 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 uh, for us, for as Muslims, lying is is not is like is very much displeased by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that's one of the things that we need to really focus on and say we need to get this person right for the for the for the pleasure of Allah, so that he doesn't upset Allah Allah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala anymore. Yes, sir, doctor, looking at this uh, question here, uh, Amir uh, said, Assalamu alaikum, uh, doctor, I love the show, and uh, y- uh, we can uh, d- uh, deal with this head-on with you. Jazakallah khaira for uh, giving us such a sober answers. Doctor, I want to know about the policy of deflection, where an individual has a underlying problem, maybe succumbing uh, to all the ills and vials of the propaganda. And as you know, in schools today, they are giving out uh, syllabuses that is encouraging coma, loot, and all that. I just don't want to use the name, but you got an idea, doctor. What about uh, individuals or couples having a problem like that and using policy of deflection uh, just to uh, make themselves look uh, good and uh, pure? Doctor, how do you respond to Amir? Uh, uh, I'm getting a gist from it. Uh, what about you, Doc? Uh, yes, the world has gone crazy, uh, Shafa. Uh, you know, things are happening around us. Uh, there's so much of fitness taking place. It's unbelievable. And virtually every day something new is happening, which is totally against uh, Allah Ta'ala's commandments, Allah Ta'ala's, uh, the way Allah Ta'ala wants us to lead our lives. The the, the way uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam uh, would have would like us to lead our lives to please for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It, all, it has all gone crazy. And, and this is the Western world, actually. 
and uh, uh, we are getting embroiled in this Western type of thinking. And uh, we need to now really, really think very hard and distance ourselves from this uh, this type of uh, thinking and then try and minimize the exposure to this kind of information. So whether it's news or whether it's whatever it is, you should need to shut it off, especially for your children. For your children's sake, uh, you need to keep them away from this type of uh, propaganda. Uh, and, it's, and it's becoming very rife and it's becoming very open. Uh, and it's in schools, it's, it's everywhere, it's in universities, it's everywhere. So, uh, and, and, it's, and the reason why they're doing that is that they want to normalize it. They want to make everybody feel that it's quite normal. It's, it's okay. It's not, it's, it's not a deviant behavior. It's not uh, something that's indecent. It's quite normal and quite natural. That's, what, that's the idea. The idea is to make it uh, so common, so commonly known that people accept it. Uh, and so there's no difference. Um, so, so we need to we need to be aware of this, and we need to protect our, ourselves and our children, especially our children, uh, from this type type of thing. Uh, now, uh, for this reason, even now, you know, for, to protect our children, homeschooling has become quite popular now uh, in uh, in in our in South Africa and also all over the world, actually. And uh, uh, there are there are syllabi that are on the internet. Uh, there are schools, the homeschooling colleges now where you can enroll and have homeschooling uh, sessions you know i think kurtova is one of them that uh, does is such is doing quite quite a uh, quite a good job so so fine i'm sure others are going to spring up uh, very shortly but we need to be very careful about these schools as well and select them very carefully uh, because we may get some uh, you know infiltration by these deviant groups into this in this in this channel of education as well so we need to be aware of that as well. But really, with all the fitness going around, not only do we need to protect our children, we really need to protect ourselves, go down to basics again, go back to our, our roots and, 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 tell, and tell ourselves that, look, this is not for us. This is not for us. Uh, we don't have to uh, degrade anybody. We don't have to uh, you know, look down on anybody. We just say that this is not for us. We must keep away from it uh, completely. And that's what we need to do as a collective, the whole ummah, that's what they need to do. As far as education is concerned, I would encourage our senior people, especially our ulama as well, instead of criticizing the, the secular, secular schooling system, they need to put their heads together and try and work out an Islamic solution to this whole thing. So because we do need education, we do, we do need people to be educated. We do need lawyers and doctors, Muslim lawyers and doctors and accountants and engineers and, and teachers and, and the whole works, the social workers and the whole work. We, we, need, we need Muslims in those, in those category uh, of jobs. Uh, and so that Muslims can go to these Muslims who can understand them better. If we stop them from, from having secular education, we are going to lose out. So rather than stopping them, rather find an alternate solution to try and educate our, our, our youth in such a way that they are protected as much as possible. They won't be protected 100%, but protected to a large extent from, from this fitna that's taking place all around us. You know, doctor, you make a lot of uh, sense, and uh, you know, Alhamdulillah. You know, especially we we be living in an environment uh, that is, uh, you know, not Darul Salam but Darul Harb. 
and is a way of, uh, you know, we, we interact with people and so forth. And uh, we look for our own doctors, we look for our own accountants, we look for that. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they have to go through the circular educational system. But Alhamdulillah, you sift through, you read everything, but you sift through. And as a Muslim, you know, you get to know your Sunnah, you get to know your Quran, you get to know the uh, lifestyle of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And as you said, uh, the ulama that are there, you know, that are very conscientized, like uh, you get Mufti A.K. Hussein, who knows uh, so much about uh, the sec- circular world, and also he gives you sources of reference. We need people to know b- both ends of the story so they can sift through a doctor. I think that's a very uh, critical point, uh, you know, knowing everything, but know how to draw the uh, the, the, the line and to sift through uh, between falsehood and hakka. Doctor, your com- uh, comments. Every institution, every educational, secular institution in South Africa has got a Jamaat Khana. Some of them are quite large. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, we notice that the attendance in these Jamaat Khanas has increased dramatically in the last few years. Uh, and uh, I think the Muslim students have realized that there's so much of fitna going on, on around them that they are now uh, sort of uh, congregating in the, in the together as as Muslims in, in the Jamaat Khanas uh, to try and keep away from, from all the fitna that takes place there. Uh, and I must commend people who are running these uh, uh, these uh, Jamaat Khanas in uh, uh, these musallas in, uh, in, in, in all these uh, uh, institutions. And, MSA's uh, MSA uh, Muslim Students yes. Association. Uh, yeah, definitely, we, we, we acknowledge yes. them. Yes, absolutely. They're doing a fantastic job, and uh, they are pulling Muslim students uh, together uh, and 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 making them aware of all the wrong that are going that are being done. Uh, we need the education, but we don't need all the rubbish that comes that goes along with it. So we need to separate the two and and go for the education, but not the other stuff. Uh, keep away from the other stuff, and we need to keep reinforcing this in our children and uh, most of our of our youth are sensible people. They are very bright people, very sensible people. And that's why you, we have noticed that the, 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 the attendance at these musallas in institutions, in, in educational institutions, secular education institutions all over South Africa, has really dramatically improved. And, and in these musallas at universities, uh, we're getting good ulema that are coming there and talking to the students. Uh, and uh, it's not only fire and brimstone talks that uh, that to scare the students. That doesn't work anymore. Uh, rather, level-headed talks, uh, which answers a lot of their questions uh, regarding uh, what's going on around them. And 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 these students, the Muslim students in the secular uh, environment, are being asked, sometimes taunted, sometimes mocked by non-Muslim students uh, with various aspects of our religion, and uh, and. Uh, well, the problem is that a lot of the students, a lot of the young people are not equipped to argue with these people or, or give them a good answer. And and so the focus in these musallas by the ulama should be to try and empower these students of how to answer these questions. Uh, you can ask the students what type of questions are being asked by other uh, religious uh, students in this group, in this in this institution and and give them a, a proper answer, a, a, a logical answer that they can give back to those people uh, to try and defend Islam. Uh, Islam is under attack from all quarters, everywhere. And so we need to we need, we need to 
give them good, solid answers. And uh, you never know. Allah Ta'ala may just open their heart out and then they may accept Islam in that way. So uh, that that would be the, the cherry on the top. Uh, but uh, uh, so the ulama still play a very, very large role uh, in, in trying to get to these musallas wherever they are and try and offer their help to, the, to, to them uh, and try and talk uh, to the students about what's bothering them. Uh, so the topics should not be what the ulama thinks that they should be talking about. That can be, in, that can be incorporated together with what is on the agenda in, the, in, the, in, those, in those institutions, in those educational institutions, which are really bothering the students. But those are the things that need to be addressed. Dr. Jazakallah Khair for that, and Alhamdulillah, really, really, I tell you, the issues uh, that you're addressing this evening uh, really are critical, and Alhamdulillah, Allah bless you for sharing it with us on uh, the platforms of our medical files on Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Yes, sir, doctor, how many elders you hear, they say, you know, Allah does, may Allah not make us motaj and uh, may we not be a burden to the family members, may we have a mobility, uh, you know, Allah must take us away when we are walking, talking, and, you know, we can uh, make ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're bringing the question of uh, mobility. It's such an important thing, uh, doctor, and, uh, you know, when you're mobile, you can walk on your own. Uh, it gives you the sense of uh, freedom. And then at the age of, is it at the age of 50, this is when you should, uh, you know, be taking uh, things seriously, you know, doing more exercise or doubling your exercise. Because if you don't uh, do a lot of exercise or a lot of walking, you can compromise your mobility. Your thoughts on that, uh, Dr. Farooq Afiji? You're absolutely right. Uh, that's what needs to be done. In fact, we start losing muscle mass from the age of 25. Uh, so... You know, by, by the time we get to 60, we've lost quite a bit of our muscle mass. Gone. Uh, it can't regenerate. It's gone. And so we need to keep building the, the balance that's left over, uh, keep building those muscles up to, to, keep, us, to keep us going. And, it, that, a lot, and, and that depends on us. Uh, we need to be as active as we can. And uh, the more active we are, the better our life will be, the more flexible we will feel, the more strength we will have, and the less dependent we will be on other people. And this can go on and on, even into your, into your 80s and sometimes into your 90s uh, with a very active person. You, you, uh, and you, you find uh, people in their 90s uh, who are quite active, this, this, and, and, and a lot of them read the Salah normally, uh, and you ask them about their life, and they'll tell you that they have been active all their life. They hardly sat, hardly sat down for any length of time. And if they did sit down for a length of time, they made sure that they did something which made them walk quite a bit, even either in the, in the house or in the garden. It's very easy to walk in the house as well. And you can make zikr while you're walking. Go from one room to another, to another, to another. Just keep going, walking in the passage and walking in the lounge and wherever you can. Just keep walking up and down and up and down and up and down. Uh, and make zikr at the same time. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you get the satisfaction of making zikr, zikrullah, and, you, of course, you will be exercising your body at the same time. Uh, so, and, and that should be done by anybody, everybody, uh, and, and especially in the morning. Uh, and uh, if, you, if you do that, you'll find that you, are, you will be more flexible, uh, more, uh, stronger during, during the day, and uh, you'll be able to achieve much more than you do if you just sit around or you sleep around 
uh, without uh, without much activity. So that activity uh, is 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 absolutely essential. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to do anything that's very strenuous. All you need to do is do some light toning exercises and walk um, walk as much as you can to get your legs right because it's the legs that we need to read our salah and uh, uh, and the leg muscles and the and the tummy muscles the core muscles that we need to read salah those are the those are the areas that we, you need to to develop and of course you can get some help from from a biokinetist to give you some exercises to do uh, that will strengthen your muscles that we use for salah uh, because the, the longer you can read salah standing and going down in, onto the ground and putting your head onto the floor you must do that as long as you can uh, because that's where the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is you know in the, all those people who are who are uh, disabled and unable to do that uh, Allah Ta'ala inshallah Allah Ta'ala will reward them as well in this in the same manner but but a lot depends on us to improve our own quality of life so that we don't get onto a chair uh, we try and stay away from that chair for as long as possible and read salah properly and the answer is to keep active and to keep our bodies strong you know uh, uh, what happens as as people get older uh, the younger ones say no 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 you sit down uh, I'll, I'll i'll do this for you i'll do that for you no no don't do that let the elderly people do their own things and you know you're sitting there in the lounge and you want a glass of water uh, you say Muhammad, get me a glass of water. You know, it's better for you to get up from that chair and go and get your water yourself, because that's exercise. That's being active. So don't rely on other people to do things for you. As long as you can do things, you must do it yourself. And that's how you slowly get become more and more active and less reliant on people. And that's what we need to do. Now, doctor, you talk uh, very eloquently about uh, biokinetics, uh, you know, when uh, they uh, help elderly also, they put a spring back into your step. Uh, what's your views on, uh, you know, new technology or, you know, uh, biotechnology uh, helping uh, the elders even to walk upright, uh, doctor? Uh, well, you see, the, the biokinetics usually, they, use, they do use weights. Um, some, they, use, they do use weights. But their main focus is to build your muscles without using weights. They use your own body to develop your own muscles. And that's what we need, because we need to do these exercises at home. We don't want to go to the gym. We don't want to go outdoors and start doing these exercises. These exercises. We need to stay in the house and do these exercises. And these exercises can be done quite easily in the comfort of your home, on the floor, on your bed, on your chair, wherever you are. But you need to know how to do these exercises. And so, so a consult with a biokinesis once or two or three times to make sure that you are doing the exercises correctly. Then you go on doing the exercises yourself after that. As long as you maintain it and you manage the, you manage the exercises, you maintain it all the time, your strength will remain. So that's what needs to be done. You, you need to find out, figure out which exercise you can do for your body, uh, where your weaknesses lie. And what do you want to strengthen and what do you want to do? And the biokinesis will, will give you exercises to strengthen those muscles. And you can do it yourself, absolutely, without any weights, with using your own body. You can do it. Uh, this message from uh, Harun, he says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, doctor. I do a lot of walking and uh, thank Allah I got this uh, state-of-the-art uh, running shoes. 
It's like a running on air, doctor. Please advise others to buy. Good to invest on, on, on expensive shoes. It makes it for easy walking and running. Please, uh, doctor, I would appreciate your advice also. Doctor, I think uh, Harun makes a good point. Invest in a good shoe and let the shoes do all the walking. Yes, we have different uh, types of feet. All of us have different types of feet. Some of us uh, uh, have normal normal feet. Others have uh, overpronation feet. And some of them, are actually, the foot turns the other way out towards the outside. So you really don't know. Uh, so one, one shoe, one type of shoe will not be suitable for everyone. So you need to go to a shop where there's somebody who can look at your feet and work out whether you are pronating or you're anti-pronating or you are or you got you got normal feet. You can work you can work that out uh, by putting your wet foot on tiles uh, in the bathroom and, uh, and and put pressure on it and see what kind of image it leaves behind, what kind of uh, the watermark it leaves on the tile. And uh, if you if you are pronating, you hardly have an arch visible on that on that tile. It'll, it, your foot your foot will be flat or more more flat than raised. If you've got a normal of uh, a, norm, a normal foot, your arch will not you will see the arch um, area of your foot. If you have an anti-pronation foot, you will see very little of your of of the outside. You see a little bit of the outside of your foot, a very large uh, arch. Uh, which which means that your foot is now turning outwards, so you can't do that very basic test in your in your bathroom on on a tile with a wet foot, uh, and then from there, of course, I said just to, for you to get an idea of whether you've got a you've got a problem with your foot or not, uh, and then you need if, if there's a problem, you need to go to an a podiatrist and 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 get an orthotic that will that will straighten your foot. Uh, if you run with with uh, with a with a with a shoe that's for normal people and you are pronating you're going to have problems with your feet even if the shoe is good it can be an expensive shoe but it's not suitable for your for your for your foot you need to first make sure that you are getting the right type of shoe for your for your feet and uh, that's the right way to do it and once you've got you once you know you just have to do that once once you know what type of foot you have Thereafter, buying a shoe is quite easy because all you need to do is when you go into the shoe, shoe shop, you tell them, look, my, my feet are prone, pronating. I need an anti-pronation shoe. And they'll give you an anti-pronation shoe. They'll, they'll, they'll lift your arch up, which will lift your arch up as you're walking or you're running, and you'll have minimal problems with your feet. Uh, so, yes, and uh, usually these shoes are expensive uh, and uh, go for the better quality ones. Uh, and uh, because they last a long, long time, absolutely years and years and years. So once you've got your right foot, you know, the, the right shape of your foot, the right shoe, uh, that that will be it'll be a pleasure walking. And a lot of the times, people tell me, patients tell me, that you know whenever I walk, my feet start hurting me. And when I look at their feet and I look at the shoe, it's absolutely, um, you know, it's it's not compatible absolutely not compatible their arch is down they're wearing a shoe that is flat they're using a shoe without a heel flat uh, and of course it's going to they're going to it's going to cause them foot pain and ankle pain and knee pain and sometimes even back pain 
So that that shoe is very important. It, it, it can cause all three. It can also it can cause back pain, hip pain, knee pain, and foot pain. So uh, you you need to really get correct not only walking shoes but even especially in elderly people. Uh, with elderly people too, the tendency for all of us is for our arch to drop as we get older, and and the tendency also for us as we get older is that we require a heel. To, to, to thrust us forward. Uh, with a flat shoe, we tend to uh, stand uh, with, with our center of gravity a little bit more back, which actually is difficult for us to take off when you are walking. So if you, if you have a heel, uh, and you are, you, 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 because you have you've got a heel, your center of gravity in, in, uh, in, um, goes a bit forward, which, which, which means that it's easier for you to get off chairs, easier for you to get off uh, uh, to get to get going when you start walking or you start you know uh, moving, so uh, have a look at your feet and have a look at your shoes and try and get the correct shoe for your feet and you see a, a huge difference in the fact in, in your walking and also and your, your and a lot of your pains in your lower limbs limbs uh, may go away because of of correct shoes. Tell you, doctor, I'm looking at uh, Shabir's uh, question here. He says, Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Farooq Hafiji. You've been absolutely fantastic this evening. And uh, because of your magnanimity, I'd like to share a tip also. Doctor, I am uh, in my 60s and I can tell you I used to suffer from uh, backache. Guess what I did, doctor? I turned my mattress upside down. And up till today, I got no pain. It is that hard side of the mattress that keeps me fit. Doctor, that's my tip for you and Shafat and the listeners. <laughs> How do you respond to Shabir, uh, Doctor? You won't, have the you won't have the problem because, you know, like everything else, uh, the mattress also wears out if you just, you just don't, move, you don't move the mattress. You don't, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to take the shape of your body. And of course, it's, become, it's going to become soft in that area where your uh, where your pelvis and your torso is actually. Uh, so you you really need to move your mattress um, every every month at least. Uh, turn it around. Uh, turn you know not or not you can you know some mattresses you can't turn over uh, because they have a padding on the top uh, which needs to be kept. Those those just twist around, just twist them around. But the ones that uh, don't have that padding on the top, uh, you can turn them around as well. Turn them around, twist them, twist them over. Every month, just change the position. Uh, look at the label on the mattress and use that label as a guide as to which way it's supposed to go. And every month, you just turn it around and that mattress will last you a long time and that mattress won't take the shape of your body and it won't become soft and it won't cause a problem with your spine. It'll last you much longer. Well, Shabir, hey, Doc is on the ball. He knows his mattresses. He knows his uh, psychological uh, psychological problems. He's giving us a martial information this evening. And I'm looking at your composite, Doctor. Uh, stress and anger management. Uh, we've got about uh, uh, five minutes to go. But uh, stress and anger ma management. Stress is a big thing uh, nowadays. People losing the cool very quickly, you know, uh, being challenged with poverty and uh, maybe debt and so forth. Uh, you know, quickly your uh, thoughts on stress and anger management, uh, Doctor? Yes, uh, certainly the stress levels in, in the, all over the world has gone up uh, exp exponentially. It's gone up very high all over the world. Uh, and uh, there's, a, there's a 
many reasons for that. Uh, and one of the main reasons, of course, is financial problems. Uh, people are trying to keep up to their standards uh, when their income has dropped and uh, uh, they are not earning as much as they used to earn uh, or they, uh, they've lost their jobs uh, uh, and uh, uh, they may, you know, uh, they, they, may, they, they may need extra funds for their children or their schooling or for whatever it is. So it's creating, it is creating uh, quite a bit of stress. Stress in itself is not a problem. It just spurs us on to, to do better, to do better. Uh, so, so being stressful is, is, is okay for a while, but when it starts affecting our life, when it starts affecting our daily routine and our thinking and our activity, uh, then it's a problem. Then we need to do something about it. Uh, that means it's now gone it can't pass a breaking point. Um, and, uh, and, and then you, you, you know, you may be heading for a nervous breakdown uh, because all that will happen then is that it's just going to get worse and worse and worse unless you attend to it. So, you, you, you know, a little bit of stress is fine. Uh, you can push yourself with a little bit more stress. It's fine. You, your, your mind can take it. Your body can take it. But once you reach a point where you cannot function or you, you're having difficulty function, functioning, you're having difficulty thinking, can't remember your surahs when you're reading your salah. Uh, can't can't <clears throat> remember the surahs that you memorized before. <clears throat> Those are clear indication that you are under stress and you are uh, your you, your mind is jammed up with uh, with things around you. And that's dunya. You know we, we need to uh, disengage and ask ourselves uh, what is our priority. Sit down, think about it. Ask yourself where is the stress coming from. You need to do a, a self analysis first and try and identify. Where is the stress coming from? Because it may not be all the things that you're doing. It may be one or two things that are happening in your life that's creating the stress. And, and once you've identified that this is the thing that's creating my stress, or these are the things that are creating my stress, you can then address each one of them and see how, what is the problem? Where is the problem there? Or who is the problem? And uh, in that way, try and uh, minimize it. Uh, if it's a person, uh, minimize contact with that person. Uh, if, you, if, it's, if it's somebody that's your spouse or somebody close by, uh, you know, talk to them and get some guidance from some senior person uh, to try and uh, to try and decrease the stress levels. Uh, so, so, so stress, a little bit of stress is okay, but too much of stress when it starts affecting your life and your function uh, is a problem, and you really need professional help there uh, in in the form of either an an, an or or you need a you know a social worker or a psychologist uh, to go and to tease out your problems and try and work out how you can manage the stress. They 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 give you coping mechanisms to try and manage those stress stresses. The stresses won't go away if you if you can if you can get rid of them it's fine. If you cannot get rid of them, they'll teach you how to manage those stresses uh, so that you don't get stressed out yourself. And in a, in our in in Islamic ways. Uh, we have a perfect system, you know, uh, and if something bad happens to you, we know whatever happens to us comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it's, if it's going to be if it's meant for you, it's going to come to you. If it's not meant for you, it's not going to come to you. So you can't, you can't be regretful about anything and you, you can't, uh, uh, you know, you, you can't say, oh, I missed it. I, I, I should have got it or I should have bought it or I should have done this. I should have done that shaitan that. So we need to, from Islamic point of view, uh, we need to change our thinking of how we're thinking about dunya things uh, and, and, and place it in context uh, of our religion 
and try and work out, uh, you know, try and, but we need to really believe in it. We just can't talk about it and not believe in it. We have to internalize it and we need to really absolutely uh, believe in it. And, and that's what will get us through, uh, through these difficult times. As far as anger is concerned, anger is a, is a major issue again. Uh, uh, it depends now, uh, anger is a big topic that we need to talk about some, at some stage. Uh, but, uh, you know, people get angry because they lose, they, 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 they become short-tempered, they become irritable. Uh, these are sometimes associated with mental problems. Anxiety, depression can make you feel like that, especially anxiety will make you feel, make you feel very irritable and that will make you feel angry very quickly with people around you. And you usually take it out with people who are close to you. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that we need to, to, to think about when, we, when we're in an angry, angry situation. If it's, a, if it's an aggressive person, an angry person all the time, uh, then they, have, they, have, they usually have childhood issues or they have a personality disorder that needs to be addressed. Uh, and uh, sometimes it's a childhood problem uh, where uh, they, are, they, are, they, they felt that their sibling was favored by their parents uh, and their parents... Uh, put them down and tell them they're useless, they're not good enough, not as good as the other one. Uh, Muhammad is not as good as Yusuf, so Muhammad is the uh, one that's bad. Uh, Yusuf is the one that's good. Uh, and Muhammad, uh, Yusuf does very well in school, and Muhammad, look at him, he's, he's, uh, he's useless, he's not good enough. <clears throat> that creates a lot of anger in a child, and that anger is, is, is continued through adolescence, where the, where the the situation becomes even worse with the parents now praising Yusuf more than they're praising Muhammad. And of course, Muhammad can't, can't take it anymore. And so he starts getting angry with everyone. He starts with the family. And then from the family, it spills over to, to his neighbors and to his friends and to everybody in school. And everybody else gets, gets it from him simply because this, child, this person is an unhappy person. And, and, and usually it's created by parents who are mismanaging the growth of the child. So all this needs to go in, you need to go into it and explain to these people that look, your parents didn't know any better. Nobody gave them any lessons on upbringing a child. Uh, you know, they, they did what they could and uh, don't internalize what they said. You must believe in yourself. You must, you must know that Allah Ta'ala loves you. Allah Ta'ala created you. Allah Ta'ala, uh, Allah Ta'ala will not put you into any difficulties. Uh, uh, that you cannot bear. So you just believe in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and believe in yourself and try and get your self-esteem right. And 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 uh, and in that way you can calm them down. But it needs professional help. They need professional help to to do this kind of thing. I tell you, Dr. Farooq Khafeji, beautiful evening in your company. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But Allah bless you now and forever. Uh, before I let you go, uh, let you have your parting words, uh, Doctor. Yeah, no, I, you know, um, we need to take care of ourselves, uh, need to take care of our bodies, both physical, physical bodies and mentally, uh, because, you know, we are the best people to look after our own bodies. And uh, uh, we need to be self-sufficient as far as that is concerned. And don't put, don't put a strain on other people uh, to, to take care of what you can do for yourself. So I would encourage everyone to try and look after themselves and take care of themselves in the best possible way. We, we spend a lot of time looking after other people and doing things for other people, but we don't really spend that much of time on ourselves, taking care of ourselves. And I, I think I think we should all do that.
Inshallah, Dr. Farooq Afiji, you have a beautiful, uh, lovely evening ahead. We will, uh, inshallah, talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.